0: What does it mean to live life to the fullest, train to your potential, and perform at your best? Leave nothing on the table. That's a non-negotiable, is that I, I strive to be better every day. Because if I'm not on top of my game, how's anybody else going to follow me down the road? Keep demanding more of yourself to, to live up to that potential and to stay hungry.
1: Training. Is progress you know when i look at the word training i think of steps baby steps to get somewhere that you want to be and that is basically your life journey
0: That's a mindset in itself man it's like it's not just about i know that for you a lot of that's about the physical but we're constantly in training whether it's growing our skill sets whether it's growing our physical bodies whether it's growing our relationships whatever and all of that's a training ground and that kind of goes back to the mindset that we just talked about
1: you underestimate yourself and you don't even start but then once you start, you often surpass what you thought you could do.
0: Perform at your best, mate. That's that's sort of what life is all about. You know, want to have the knowledge, you want to have the fitness, the health, the ambition and drive that no matter what comes along, when that next phone call comes, I can just say yes. I don't have to worry. Just go and do it. Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome to this episode of The Coach's Corner with my friend, Kat Yanakis. We've previously gone through two episodes, the first one being what to look for in a coach. The second episode was all about how to implement functional training tools into your training regime, and in this episode, we're going to be answering a question regarding how to deal with chronic injuries and pain. Let's get this episode underway. This question comes in from Monkshed.mtb on Instagram. Do you have any tips or strategies to recover from long-term chronic injuries?
1: Okay, so this is a really good question. Um, It might take me a couple of minutes to go through because it's one that requires a lot of thought, I think. So when we're looking at chronic injury or, you know, chronic pain, basically what that means is it's something that's either reoccurring or persistent, and it's usually after the acute phase of an injury, which means it's basically over that three to six-month mark. The other thing about chronic, so if you're using the word chronic or it's deemed a chronic injury, it means it does have an emotional response with it. And for a lot of people, that emotional response can be helplessness. It can be, you know, depression as well. There's a lot of things that can stem from a chronic injury and emotional response, you know, falls into, into that um, umbrella term chronic. So when people come to me and say, you know, they say to me, I, I have, Patellofemoral syndrome or I have a hamstring tear or I broke this bone and it's you know still causing pain what I find is that a lot of people come with the diagnosis and all they know is the diagnosis and they know what hurts the next day you know they'll do something and it's like hey I sat for too long and now my hamstring hurts so the three steps to understanding or kind of re-establishing your chronic injury or, or pain is to go through three processes and they are relearning, reaccepting, and then re-managing. And when I talk about relearning, what I'm talking about is looking further into the diagnosis. So even if you've had an injury for three, four, five years, whatever it might be, what I want you to do is kind of think about and look into where does it actually stem from? If it's something muscular, where does that muscle insert? Where does it originate? What nerve innervates it? What movement pattern is it responsible for? And once you get to understand the nitty gritty of the actual, like, you know, muscle tendon or bone or nerve itself, it gives you a better understanding of what you can do to prevent pain or inflammation, you know, with movements that you've already got. Because, ultimately the pain is you know is out of our control but the amount of pain we can actually reduce so an example for this is I work with a lot of postpartum women and I had someone come to me and say hey I've got piriformis sciatica and when I sit too long my foot goes numb and I said okay great um do you know more about this sciatic injury and she's like "Oh, not really I just know that it's the sciatic nerve which runs from my lower back which is true so what I did was I said okay let's sit down and relearn and reevaluate what the piriformis really is so when we look at a piriformis sciatica for example that is a abductor of the thigh okay it's a lateral hip rotator and it's basically on your backside. now when you're pregnant and your hips change you're start to tilt forward, that muscle in particular overworks for a lot of people and that overwork causes inflammation and that inflammation is what pushes and puts pressure on the sciatic nerve because the sciatic nerve runs directly underneath the piriformis muscle. So when she got that definition and that understanding of, oh, it's actually the inflammation of the muscle and not the nerve itself, there was a bigger awareness about what she could do to help improve pain in her activities of daily living. So, you know, I'll talk about this in a second when I talk about remanagement, but the lights went off in her head. She goes, oh, I shouldn't sit the way I'm sitting in the car, should I? No, absolutely not because you're putting pressure on that, you know, side of your body that's inflaming the muscle, which is then pushing on the nerve. So the first recommendation is relearn and reeducate when we move away from that the next step is reaccepting and when I'm talking about re-accepting, I'm talking about understanding that yeah there is going to be an emotional response to the injury and it's probably something that is going to be ongoing because it sucks I get it. <laughs> you know it might mean that you're no longer able to compete in the sport that you've been working out for years me <laughs> <laughs> an but what you have to do is understand that That now means that your journey in fitness is changing and you're going into a different phase. And that phase can actually be relatively exciting because it opens up new doors and new avenues to find different things. Like, as an example, myself, I tore my hamstring two years ago and I haven't been able to power lift ever since. And while that sucks, it really does. If I hadn't have gone through that experience, I wouldn't have said, well, why not try and improve my endurance on something like the rower and try that so last year i found a rowing club in new york and it turned out to be the best thing that i did all year because not only did i make a whole bunch of new friends but i grew into a community and was able to just enjoy going to rowing classes two or three times a week so as much as it d- does suck there has to be an acceptance around that it is going to be long term um the third thing Um, is the, you know, the tips or tricks, as this uh, person has mentioned, and that's the remanagement. And when I look at remanagement, I'm talking about basically overhauling what you're currently doing or improving it. And that comes in four buckets. And those buckets are firstly, ergonomics, nutrition, hydration, and mobility. And None of them in any particular order or anything like that. But if you have a better understanding, like, you know, going back to your relearning of the injury itself and then start to look at ergonomics in your daily life, you can make a significant difference in reducing pain and inflammation. And, you know, that can come down to what seat you're sitting at at your desk where or how high your desk is in relation to your elbows, where your neck is positioned when you're looking at the phone or the computer. Are you standing all day? Do you need a standing mat? There's all these little things that you can start to consider if you know the injury better. So ergonomics is something that's quite often missed and is something that is incredibly, incredibly important it, to the point where, you know, I know people, and this is part of being an OT, but, you know, to the point where I'll say change your doorknobs because that's affecting how your hand function is and we need to change that. We need to change your grip. So we have to change your doorknob and it's going to reduce the pain in your fingers if you've got arthritis. So there's all these things around ergonomics. The second one is hydration, which I know sounds really simple, but the muscular skeletal system is dependent on hydration. The fluidity in our joints and in our muscles is dependent on water. And if you're someone that is like, hey, my knee hurts after I hike. Well, why don't we try and reduce that pain by making sure you're smashing water all day and and keeping yourself hydrated? So hydration is something that is really overlooked and is truly one of the most simple ways to help reduce pain and inflammation. The third one is nutrition, and this is one that could be a whole separate podcast. But when we're looking at nutrition, what you want to consider is how can you reduce the pain today rather than tomorrow? So, for example, if you know you're going to do a massive training session or if you're going for a hike and you know it's going to flare up your injury, what can you do today to help prevent that? And one of the things you can do is focus and hone in on your nutrition, and that means looking at foods and increasing the amount of foods that are anti-inflammatory, have high potassium levels for better recovery, or uh, have a really good amount of amigas to help, again, increase the fluidity within the joints. So think about what you're fueling yourself with because I hear this all the time. I went for a marathon run and then I downed five beers, dehydrated myself, and also had burger and chips. I'm like, great, that sounds, you know, delicious, but also where's that going to put you tomorrow? Think about what you could do today to help improve you know, your inflammation the next day. So some pretty simple tips that I tell people is if you know you're going to have a session that's massive, and it's probably going to flare yourself up, add in some pomegranate juice to your day. It's incredibly high in potassium, which means that you're going to get a better recovery rate. And it's also really good for hydration. Um, And look at Increasing your anti inflamms add, in add in some turmeric, you know, a couple of days before your training sessions or, you know, the day of your hike, the day after your hike, try and bring these things down. And then the fourth one, which we've, you know, you've sort of touched on already is um, mobility. If you have an injury and you're leaving the upstream or downstream muscle or bone that's around it, all you're doing is... M- you, you're potentially creating further injury for yourself or making it worse. So, again, as an example with my hamstring, I work downstream by releasing my calf and I work upstream by releasing my lower back because everything's connected and I want to minimise, you know, the risk of getting injury somewhere else. So consider mobility as well as a way of, you know, managing your pain or your, um, you know, your chronic injury.
0: mm. So many good points there. So many good points. Um, where do I want to go back to? <laughs> uh, let's discuss the... Because so many people have this where they don't really understand sciatica. And, you know, how many people are like, oh, yeah, I get this pain going into my leg or my back or get some numbness or whatever and they don't realize that as you said the piriformis you know if it does get inflamed if it is overworked then it can press in the sciatic nerve and then send those signals and you know the world that we live in so many people have upper cross syndrome lower cross syndrome again tying into what you're saying with people working on computers you spend a lot of time sitting throughout the day your hip flexors become short and tight your body starts adapting to that position then when you stand up it tilts your pelvis forward. Now your hamstrings are lengthened, your piriformis is probably having to work hard, Um, you know, could be potentially pressing on the sciatic nerve. And, you know, it's not just pregnant women who get that um, anterior pelvic tilt, you know, people that spend a lot of time sitting throughout the day might get it as well. You know, and uh, we have so many nerves up around our neck at the base of our skull. And, you know, Kat mentioned before, Simply changing how you look at your phone. That's a big one. How many people lay in bed and their head is jammed forward? You know, a simple thing that you can do is just take your three pillows away and lay your head flat on your back, uh, flat on your bed. You know, so many people struggle to do that, but it makes a massive difference. Um, let's talk about acute pain versus chronic pain as well i think that's an important thing to bring to the table um acute pain is a blunt force uh trauma and injury where you land on your knee or um you know something pops whilst you're doing a certain exercise you're sprinting or something like that something pulls something tweaks okay that is an acute injury it's something that happens right there and then a chronic injury is something that happened long term and you know i'm sure you're the same cat. where you've had people that say you know my elbow hurts my elbow started hurting a couple of years ago it would only hurt when i did certain exercises um and then i just trained through it um i kept bench pressing i kept doing whatever and then after a certain period of time like my shoulder started hurting as well it started locking up and then You know, it was only hurting when I was doing certain exercises, but then it started hurting all the time. And now I can't do any upper body movements and I can't do any bench pressing or whatever because it's always hurting. You know, this is to do with your motor unit recruitment patterns. So, when you learn something, your brain has to expend a lot of energy trying to figure out how to do that thing. If you want to squat, your brain goes, cool, I need to fire these muscles Get these stabilizers working so that I can complete this movement. And the more you do something, the more you practice it, the more it becomes ingrained. And if you're not paying attention to your movement and you're practicing poor movement from the start, then your brain, it just goes, I need to do a squat. So it just starts firing that blueprint that you've created and you've reinforced over and over again. And if you don't have the right muscles firing at the right, at the right time in the right order... Now, again, you're taking your joint through that range of movement with a muscular imbalance or muscular dysfunction, which then, you know, puts a lot of strain on the connective tissue of the joint, ligaments, tendons, cartilage, bursa, etc. So, you know, if you have, when it comes to pain, like if you have uh, like a little flare up in the elbow or the knee or something like that, And it doesn't happen all the time, like just when you do certain exercise, that's your body talking to you. That's the check engine light coming on and saying, hey, there's something not quite right here. Um, You should probably address this, right? So if you've already got a chronic injury, it's hard. You've got to relearn how to do certain things. You've got to address the muscles that aren't firing properly that are allowing your joint to be pulled into a poor position. And I mean, it's difficult to uh, self-assess. And for the most part, like doctors aren't going to have a look at your movement and say, oh, well, your hip's fucked because, you know, you've been moving this way your whole life. You've got muscular imbalances here, which is now um, jamming the head of the femur into the side of the acetabulum. So every time you squat and deadlift, walk, lunge, whatever, that's causing pain. It's grinding away. It's putting a lot of pressure on the soft tissue of the joint. So, yeah, very complex uh, topic, um, but this is where working with a good coach comes into play. If you get a good coach, they're going to do a movement assessment. They're going to have a look at any dysfunctions you have and they're going to start addressing that within a training session. Cool. Anything else?
1: Yep, that's it. I think touched on as many you know, tips and tricks as you can without going into a full podcast on it because it's definitely a big, yeah. it's definitely a big topic.
0: Oh, I know. It's, and, and all of these are like massive topics. We could definitely talk on all of these um, subjects in a lot more detail, but you know, we could quite easily get bogged down in details and, and then we'll start speaking way too cryptic and people won't understand what we're saying anyway.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> and that rounds out this episode of The Coach's Corner with my friend Kat Yanakis of Macros Muscles Mindset. We have one more episode to drop in the coming days where we're going to be answering a question regarding whether it's beneficial to train in a similar emotional state as to what you'd experience in competition. So stay tuned for that one, guys. Uh, As always, any five-star ratings and reviews are much appreciated. Anyone who does leave me a five-star rating and review will receive precedence when it comes to answering these questions on the podcast. Much love, guys. Peace.